you're listening to the Prodine Podcast, uniting minds across Britain. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden wins Pennsylvania. And that was the moment um, that Joe Biden was projected to uh, win the presidential election and now becomes presidential elect. Here to discuss this with me is um, two esteemed uh, guests, Ford slash co-hosts, uh, Hugh Davis and Thomas Gowellen, who actually um, did uh, our first edition of Prodine Predicts in terms of the American election model. Um, Thomas, uh, what do you think What do you think of the results? Um, obviously, it's been going on for quite a number of days, lots of controversy, but now that we're getting a, quite a, you know, a picture of what it now looks like, how, how do you feel about it? Well, yes, Biden has won. And, uh, uh, well, the two things that we did predict were that it was going to be very close and that it was going to drag on. Uh, and that seems to have come to pass. Uh, we've still got votes coming in, but it does look like, and lots, lots of different networks are now projecting that Biden has won. And it's going to be uh, with over the 270 electoral votes that he needs. Uh, a couple of surprises, Georgia and Arizona might well go for him, although they're not, they're not quite called by everyone yet. But uh, yeah, he's won back the Rust Belt, which is what he needed to do, the easiest path to win back the presidency. And he seems to have won over enough uh, white, blue-collared uh, workers up there in the industrial Midwest, back from Trump that he won in 2016. And he's, uh, yeah, he seems to have pulled it off. Hugh, do you find the um, demographic changes quite peculiar? So obviously Florida was expected to be rather quite tight, but Trump seems to have uh, done very well in terms of um, picking up kind of um, black voters, Cuban voters or Latina voters that they're always known as, but hasn't, but has lost, obviously, as Thomas just said, mm. a lot of the kind of the, the traditional mm. uh, working class kind of the Rust Belt voters. Do you find it, the change of demographics interesting? Well, it's a paradox in many respects. Um, Donald Trump has done something which Republican presidents or Repub- the Republican Party has been trying to do for decades. Uh, and that is to diversify its electorate. Now, it is a shock, I think, to everybody, uh, if you look further into the details, that is actually Donald Trump who has got the most uh, support from minorities in America uh, for the Republican Party for the first time in 60 years, around about just over a quarter of minorities, that's blacks, Latinos, etc., voted for Donald Trump. Um, so that is amazing in many respects. And and I think that this is not a repudiation of Trumpism uh, by any means. This is merely a, I think, a view that the American people want somebody serious, somebody who has, uh, you know, a track, a track record, perhaps perhaps not one which not everyone is happy with, but a track record of where he can be serious. He understand he can he can represent America better internationally and probably less of an embarrassment. Um, so you know the Republican Party has an interesting future, very much an interesting future ahead of them. Thomas, what do you think is the biggest disappointment for Trump in terms of the states? Is it probably you know Arizona, obviously um, John McCain's former state, um, if I'm correct? Um, do you, do you think that will kind of 
is that looking like the worst result for Trump on the on the night? Uh, yeah, on the night, uh, Fox News calling it early uh, for Biden. I think uh, Trump and a lot of his supporters were very cross. There were scenes of uh, Trump watch parties watching Fox News, booing Fox News, and, and doing these chants uh, against the network that seems most favorable towards them. Um, but yeah, either that or, or Georgia. If Georgia goes for Biden, and it's still you know, very, very close. Uh, I don't think it's been called by everyone yet. Uh, yeah, still very, very close. I think that would be the biggest upset. But yeah, on the night, Arizona, huge blow for Trump. Mm. And Thomas, what, what sort of number do you think the Democrats will end up on in the Electoral College? It will, it will likely be over 300, will it? In the end? Uh, yeah, well, it, yeah, it's possibly going to be over 300. I mean, we're not sure yet. It's a couple of those states, very close, but uh, are tilting towards Biden, but still more votes to count. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh, what do you kind of um, make of the last few days, how it's panned out? And I, I know we kind of, do you think Trump has behaved as you kind of expected? Or do you think it's even kind of um, got, got even worse than we kind of could have possibly expected? Uh, I mean, no one could be surprised, you know, all these accusations of electoral fraud, which has not been uh, based on any real evidence um, the only court case which he could actually win was getting a ensuring that in Pennsylvania uh, for the Philadelphia count, um, there was apparent accusations that poll, that poll watchers were being prevented uh, from looking at the ballots. Uh, this, uh, the, I think the court of um, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania ordained that they must be people watching the polls, but that isn't evidence of electoral fraud. That's just evidence of negligence on the behalf of of people running that count and not allowing people to watch polls coming in. Frankly, it's been embarrassing. You know, the amount of people, Trump supporters, have been on Twitter supporting Donald Trump over this. When you know, have a have a you know, I think I think you know, credibility. You know, Nigel Farage, I think, is probably going to have some egg on his face after this. So you know, it, it, it's not unexpected, um, but it's 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 quite embarrassing all the same. Thomas, do you think it's been quite embarrassing? Um, you know, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, some Welsh uh, political commentators coming to um, Trump's um, defence over this as well. Um, but actually, you know, this is probably the moment where the GOP disowns Trump. Or do you actually think now that the GOP has fundamentally changed uh, in Trump's image that actually we might not be expecting to see some governors uh, and senators coming out to condemn him? Um, yeah, I think he has, to a certain extent, moulded the GOP, you know, in his image, like you've said. Um, so in terms of, you know, Trump throwing his toys out of the pram and getting rather upset and uh, he just tweeted not that long ago that uh, he won the election by a lot. Uh, mm. Just baseless claims. It's playing directly into the hands of the people who want to discredit him the most. He's saying exactly what they said they were going to. You know, he was going to say, uh, yeah, he's just playing into that. Mm-hmm. And kind of what do you make of Hugh of kind of how Biden has handled it so far? You know, he would you say he's looked presidential um, in the statements he's made? Um, he certainly hasn't had any of those um, those senile gaffes that um, that we've come to expect of him. And um, do you think he's played it well so far? Well, to be fair, we haven't actually seen that much of him. And a lot of it obviously was scripted and done for him. Um, but he has acted in probably a manner which you would want 
uh, not claiming outright victory, but, um, you know, making clear that he was expecting to win. Um, you know, he, he, he handled it, he handled it pretty, pretty well. Um, I don't think you will see a massive um, ha-ha, you lost. Um, because bearing in mind that Donald Trump still did get over the votes of 70 million Americans, which is the highest amount of votes for a losing presidential candidate ever. Um, and also, you know, Joe Biden got the highest votes of any presidential candidate that ever, there has ever been. He's got, to, he's got to keep those two sides together and try and heal the divide which is in America, which he could possibly do. But I think I think the divide is very deeply set in now and probably very hard to reverse. Thomas, what do you think happens to Trumpism or Donald Trump, the movement that has been born? As you just said, um, you know, about 70 million um, voters have voted for Donald Trump. That's not an in. See, that's about the population of the United Kingdom has voted for Donald Trump. I think it's, um, you know, when you put it like that. Um, do you think a lot of his voters might disown him there after this kind of outburst? Or do you think actually um, Trump has debased the civic discourse so much, actually, that, that this actually taps into his base? No, I mean it's it's certainly uh, what his base want to hear. So his sort of the the sort of numbers of people who are, would be voting for him no matter what. That's red meat to them. They're they're very happy that Trump is challenging it at every turn. And yeah, there is an internal divide over how this should be handled. But um, I think I, I was skimming through some articles earlier, and there was there was this one that said that the GOP needs Trumpism without Trump now. Yeah. So in terms of molding it into his image, it's it's still there. The policies are still very much favoured, and and the man himself is still very popular in in the GOP even even after this uh, this episode uh, in the Trump story. I think it still looks like that the Republicans are going to be holding on to his uh, his philosophy at least. Yeah, I I, I I think I can concur with that. Uh, it goes back to my original point: is that. Trump has changed the demographics of the Republican Party votes um, more than they could have possibly imagined. I mean, even my, you know, five years ago, uh, Donald Trump was was polling not to, not to one percent of African American voters. He has now got the most votes. Uh, he's, he's he increased his vote amongst African American men by four percent, exit polls suggest, and he's increased his vote among African American women by two percent. Um, the deep irony of this is that he lost because he lost a proportion of about five. His, his vote amongst white men, and, and I specifically say white men, fell by 5%. Among a, a white women, his vote went up. He had 55% of the white women vote compared to 53% four years ago. Um, so in essence, I mean, this is, this is the weird again, paradox that he lost because of white men. Which is and why is that here? Because why is that here? Because he's often had claims of um, racism, misogyny, kind of mm. levels at him, which I think often have been had a lot of hyperbole. But Van Jones on CNN, he you know he cried at the results in the news of mm -hmm. um, Joe Biden winning. So what, what, something's not squaring up here. So what, why do you think the demographics have changed so much? Uh, probably because I think there is a a view that uh, I think identity politics has had a very big uh, beating uh, that because you are Latino, therefore you must vote for Democrat, I mean, uh, Democratic candidates. You know, the Latinos are not one big homogenous unit. Uh, they do have a, a divisions between themselves. I mean, um, I, you know, 
Trump won overwhelmingly to the Cuban American vote, which is not unusual for Republicans. And he did but very, not the Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans, he did absolutely abysmally. He got just a quarter of a vote. But it is it is the sense that there has to be a more realization that because a certain person is a certain race, therefore they vote a certain way, is is wrong. It, it, it's fundamentally that you know. Just because um, you know law and order is important to some of these voters, it's not an explicitly white issue. It is important to to people beyond that demographic, and I think that has to be understood more widely because these labels put on people by left and right um, have to have to come under serious review. Because um, I, I think this doesn't offer, but this doesn't spell trouble for the Democratic Party. But if the, De- the Republican Party can seriously uh, push harder on getting more minorities to vote for them, then I think that the um, the, 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 the the Republican Party has a chance of coming back in the presidential elections and potentially winning the popular vote again. And who, Thomas, who is going to be the person who emerges as the Republican frontrunner? Is it going to be Donald going for it again, or is one of his two sons, or one of Donald Trump Jr. or Eric, or or Ivanka? You know, yeah, that's been. Or do you think it will be what? Or do you think it will be one of the more establishment Republicans? Well, there, there, there'll be a battle for the nomination, I'm sure, where, where uh, someone, you know, maybe Trump himself, possibly not, maybe uh, one of his kids or, you know, someone who was on the Trump train heavily versus an establishment figure. Uh, that's what we're probably going to end up seeing next time in the next cycle. Um, yeah, in, in terms of this election, the Democrats... Uh, have done obviously quite well, but the Republican Party, you know, down ballot has defied expectations all over. So mm. in terms of the House, they picked up seats they didn't think they were going to, you know, be competitive in even, and the Senate was supposed to be very, you know, at risk. And it looks like the, the Republicans are going to hold on to it. A lot of races mm. where, they, where, you know, if you look just at South Carolina and Kentucky, where they spent over, you know, the Democrats spent over $200 million trying to unseat Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, they, they didn't come close. <laughs> and, and Thomas, explain to our listeners who don't really understand that, how have we ended up in a situation where Republicans have kept hold of the Senate but lost the presidency? Um, you know, have there been state discrepancies? Can you just uh, Yeah, it's a mixture of state discrepancies and the fact that in, in terms of America, they have a 100-seat Senate where each state has two senators. Now, uh, the Republicans had the Senate and they were defending... Uh, you know, lots of seats that were seen as vulnerable, but a lot of them in states where you know Trump was is, was doing well, and uh, yeah, there's it, it, a mixture of state discrepancies and the fact that Trump Trump's going to win more states uh, in the same way that the you know the more senators are going to be elected for the Republicans. It's it's quite an, an odd system. It might seem uh, a bit uh, archaic to some listeners, but um, yeah, they're a constitutional republic. It's uh, it's different. Every every state wants their say, and in this in the Senate, yeah. each state, no matter you know the huge population discrepancies between like Wyoming and California, they each have two senators. That, that, that's how that yeah. works. And Hugh, a bad mm-hmm. night for the pollsters. Mm-hmm. Bad night for the pollsters, Hugh. Um. Yes. Yes. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I don't think any pollster really called it cor- correctly in the sense that. Uh, uh, I think probably the most accurate probably was Trafalgar, even though they predicted the Trump victory. Um, they got some states dead right. Uh, you know, uh, Biden. Uh, well, you know, by, by Biden has not done 
as well as I think some Democrats probably thought it was going to happen. I know they thought there was going to be a massive blue wave. And this happens all the time in American elections, particularly over the past four years. The Democratic Party have overstated their, how well they're going to do. And it has fallen on their backsides. Uh, yeah. And why? Why is that? Are people not I, 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 that they're going to vote for Trump? Is it a shy... Yes, yes, uh, massively so. And I think that, um, you know, I think the exit poll suggested about a fifth of Trump voters um, have not didn't didn't even tell their spouses or their family members if they're going to vote for Donald Trump. It is a very, very um, large section of the American electorate who are so I mean, just just compare 10 percent of of, um, voters of, of voters for Joe Biden didn't tell their spouses that they were voting for Joe Biden. Um, So it's double in essence of what in in that respect um so it it is a phenomenon which i don't think um we may see again uh it depends if there's another controversial character who runs for president but um you know we will never forget these past four years um and 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 in essence the republican the democrats although they've won this battle um they they've they've rocked they've they've won in the wrong year uh the republicans over the past four years have been able to update the Supreme Court. They've been able to increase their majority on the Supreme Court. Um, you know, it, it, the, the fundamental issue was that it, it, going forward is that, you know, there was, I know there's been over the years debates that American conservatism was dead, but in many respects it is very well alive. And it'd be thanks to those these past four years it's been kept alive. Um, and Thomas, Thomas, it's not a disaster for conservatives, is it? With a Republican, you know, the worst ex- the worst excesses of Biden's kind of policy platform <clears throat> cannot be True. implemented, as you just said, the Supreme Court. And actually, because Biden won't be able to get much done, actually, he can't deliver on his promises. So actually, it lends itself that 2024 might be a good year for Republicans. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I think that that's, that certainly looks likely. Yeah, uh, Biden's going to struggle to get anything done. I mean, some people would call it, you know, it's going to be a lame duck presidency. Who knows if he's able to reach across the aisles like he promised he could do and get that bipartisan uh, support for his policies. I don't think don't think he will. I think they'll get the stimulus package and that's about it for four years. Biden won't get anything mm-hmm. else done. Um and uh, yeah, it, it bodes well for Republicans in 2024. Uh, Biden can't get his policies uh, he... across the uh, across the Senate. Mm-hmm. He will bring a, an element of decorum to the presidency again. Oh, won't oh, he? he will restore. Oh. He will restore the oh. presidency to a former glory. Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. The amount of characters that have had the presidential office, I don't think you'd call it glory necessarily, but he will definitely. He will <laughs> definitely bring. Um, the um, decorum back. Uh, I think there'll be more serious uh, thinking. I do think that there are many countries in the world now which will take America a little more seriously. I think America will play a little bit, uh, will increase its its role in international relations, which is not necessarily <laughs> what some countries want. Uh, but there will be, there there is definitely America in the sense of of uh, serious. Uh, thinking of um, yeah, it, it's back. It, it, it's back for 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 the for the, for, for the at, least, at least four years at least. What now for Britain, Thomas? Um, is Britain now even more isolated than ever before? Now that you know, leaving the European Union, you know, Biden um, thought to be favouring the EU. Yes. 
Do you think Britain is badly damaged by this? I don't know about badly damaged. I think uh, it was probably in Britain's interest for Trump to win. However, uh, there's a mixed opinion on that in the in the in the diplomatic world. It depends. We got to uh, you know put our feelers out there, put get our diplomats out there, and try and get a good impression across in the beginning. Try and. Uh, make sure the ties between Britain and America remain strong. I don't think, you know, much will change uh, other than, I suppose, with, with trade. Yeah, I think Biden does uh, favour the EU and uh, Trump would have been better off for Britain in that sense. But I don't, I don't think it's a huge difference. Hugh, but the, the truth is, Bor- Boris is more like Biden than Trump on policy issues. Don't you think, actually, yeah. Do you think that actually there'll be a... Actually, the rhetoric on the kind of the Good Friday Agreement and so on won't be reflected in reality. Oh, you know, you're, you're perfectly right. You know, there is a lot. There is a lot of comparisons made by Boris and, and Trump, and I think they're not, not they're not always quite, uh, you know, they're not quite worthy of comparison because you know Boris and Biden that they're not. Uh, when I mean liberal, I mean the small L liberal in the sense that they are uh, freedom loving people. They're not very authoritarian. Um, they are um, very laissez faire, very laid back about these things. So I think there'll be a lot of agreement, particularly on climate change. Um, I, I, I do think, however, that um, Biden uh, probably will be a bit of a stickler with Brexit and the Good Friday Agreement. Um, so expect uh, some possible friction there. Uh, but, you know, like I said before in this podcast, whoever won the election, um, the, the, the special relationship with the post-Brexit Britain is going to have to be under review uh, because of the, 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 the factors in the world. There are going to be uh, areas where we disagree on and fundamentally disagree on. And we should be we should be able to say that. Thomas, what do you think the transition period looks like now? You know. I think a lot of people think that Trump is somehow just not going to leave because he's that kind of, that's his character. How do you think the transition will play out? Is, can there be a situation where he just decides not to leave the White House? Kind of, how will well, if out? he does that, I mean, that's that's, that's completely unprecedented. That's, it's never happened before, has it? But um, uh, in, in terms of uh, the transition period, I think, you know, it, it, it's going to be the messiest one maybe ever. But I think Trump will go in the end. I don't think he, he's going to dig his heels in, but not... Uh, you know, be dragged out kicking and screaming. He will, he will walk when the time comes. He'll, he'll pick an opportunity. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be recounts, and there's going to be some court battles. We've already had some, some uh, like the one in Pennsylvania favoring Trump, one in Nevada that he's just dropped. But yeah, mm. it's going to be dragged out. It's going to be a bit messy, especially you know compared with the usual transitions. But mm. there, there's going to be a peaceful transition, maybe later than it needs to be. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, on that, I think I expect him to expect him not to turn up to the inauguration. I'm, I'm fully expecting him to boycott it um, because that's just something he would do. Um, that, that would be completely. That would be. It has happened it? before in American in American history. I can't remember off my head, but it has happened. Uh, not in the not in the living memory. Uh, although there, there was obviously when Lyndon B. Johnson became president in sixty in sixty three. Obviously the. Obviously, the, the, the JFK wasn't there to see it for obvious reasons. Yes, it was. Um, but in, in living modern memory, there is no one who has, there's no a sitting president who has not been there to see their opponent or uh, successor take over. So, yeah, it will be, it will be quite fascinating to see how, how Trump reacts. I mean, I think he's starting to accept these last. Um, 
you know, in the seven stages of madness, I think acceptance is is one of them. And I think it was it was madness or loss. I can't remember now, but he's accepting. I think he's playing golf at the moment in Loudoun County in Virginia, which uh, to uh, boast that he lost by two by two to one. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a. Uh, you know, I think he will accept it, but I, I think this is not the last we'll hear from him. Well, his, <laughs> his most recent uh, tweet uh, begs to differ. <laughs> he tweeted three hours hours ago in all caps: "I won this election, comma by a lot!" Exclamation mark. Yeah. Well, uh, and final final thoughts again. What do you think about big tech? Kind of um, Twitter, kind of issuing disclaimers under Trump's tweets. Any final thoughts on that point, gents? Oh well, I, I I understand why they do it because of the of the you know the, the millions and millions of followers Donald Trump has on social media and some of the crap he tweets out, um, which is very amusing when you when you when you look at it and you know notifications etc. Um, although you know the, the, the you know the screw you know I wish Twitter had this rule for every single idiot who tweeted. Uh, and actually yeah. fine combed it as well because Twitter would be a better place for it if they had the same sort of attention on you know I I I think the, uh, the, the there are you know, I think it was the former um, uh, prime minister of Malaysia tweeted something out about how he was pleased about the terrorist attacks in France where was the, you know where was the scrutiny there yeah. you know quite rightly Donald Trump has his tweets uh, with a little asterisk next to them but. I think Twitter needs to be more. You needs to do more in that respect as, to everyone, not just to Donald Trump. Thomas, do you think they should do more or less? Do you think actually, you t- do you take more of a free market of ideas approach where actually people can just tweet? No, I, I, I would like, like to see a platform, you know, like like Twitter act like that. But if they're going to, you know, hide, because not just the asterisks, which you know would make might make sense, but it's hiding some of his tweets as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I'd like to see a free speech platform like Twitter be able to show everyone's tweets and people make up their own minds. But if they are going to act like this, I think the law needs to change so that they're treated more like a publisher, like a bit like Facebook, you know, with them shutting down pages. I think they, they, they should be treated more like a publisher. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Well, uh, thank you ever so much um, for, for, for coming on the podcast as ever, uh, gentlemen. Um, what an extraordinary week of politics has been uh, over the pond and I certainly haven't got any sleep and I'm sure many of our listeners won't have either Um, but thanks for dialing in and we will see you on the next episode thank you for more from the Prodane Review head to prodane.review on any web browser alternatively check out at Prodane Review on Twitter or Facebook